I will everybody's heard about the bird. Craft Beer Radio episode 491, Friday, February 22nd, 2019. Hey Greg, have you heard the word? I've heard that everyone's heard the word about the bird. Oh, the bird is the word. Whoa, the bird is the word? Yeah, the bird is the word. So thanks everyone for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We're a bunch of morons who do nothing original wow. with songs. Wow, so. I'm insulted. <laughs> but it's accurate. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We have beers. Uh, this first beer is a beer you brought back from your recent travels. Yes. This is the Drumroll APA from Odell. 5.3% alcohol by volume, 42 IBU. They call it a hazy pale ale. And let's see. It's, um, that's pretty much it. Odell's in uh, Colorado. Yep. All right. Pours, yes, hazy. Lives up to its title. Not quite like murky, but very hazy. Has a nice head to it. White, fluffy head. Looking to see the any information on uh, hops. Nothing really. Uh, so yeah, this is. I don't know. This this isn't this isn't quite New England style to me, mm-hmm. right? It, it it's hazy, but it doesn't get like white. Yeah. Yep. So it's a little cold. Yeah, a little bit. Got my hands wrapped around the glass. Take a sniff, and you just kind of feel the coldness of, of the vapors you're smelling, and it's like well, not going to be not going to be opened up yet. So wrap your hands around the glass, pump some heat into it. Orange and tangerine is kind of mostly what I'm getting right now, just from the cold. Mm-hmm. Feel like there may be something a little tropical in there too, but it needs to warm up a bit. Yes. So, Jeff, you were just in Seattle. I was. I was there for work. I had some beers. Um, and now I'm on the spot. I can't think of some of the... I had a couple of hazy New England-style beers that were awesome from local area breweries. But I can't remember the names right now. You would think if I thought I'd be doing a beer show when I came back from my trip, I would have paid more attention I to I mean, you names, came back but, today. You're a little... Yeah. I, it's understandable if yeah. you're a little bit like, ooh... Okay, moving on to the Odell, flavor-wise, still a little on the cold side, but it has a kind of full mouthfeel. Not quite as creamy as some hazy IPAs. Now, this is an American Pale Ale version of a hazy, so, you know, could be some differences there in, like, how much gravity is in the beer and how much that relates to the body. Mm-hmm. Has uh, kind of a pithy aftertaste. It has kind of orange up front and goes pithy towards the end. There's a little bit of... Um... Passion fruit in there. Um, probably would be a little more expressive if it were if it were a little bit warmer. Yeah, that sip I got some of the tropicals you're talking about, some strawberry as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's warm. We had a short pre-show, so the beers didn't have their typical time to sit here on the table and climatize. Um, I just was reading, looking at this story on, uh, the beer Reddit, and there's a, there's a brew dog flight, apparently. Yeah. 
the world's first craft beer, craft beer line. The uh, the toilets filled up completely. <laughs> Oh, so the, okay. I remember when the thing was announced that they were doing it, but uh, this means it actually flew, huh? It was an eight and a half hour flight, and the toilets began to clog up. Two and a half hours before landing, James Watt came over to the PA system to announce the toilets had to be closed completely. On a beer flight. Two and a half hours before it lands. On a beer flight. How? Yeah. <laughs> That's craziness. You know, people are trying to pee back into bottles and stuff. When you gotta go, you gotta <clears throat> go. Yeah. Yep. So that's... <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, this is Odell IPA. This is... Uh, I like the flavors in here. It's um, giving you some of those tropicals, mostly citrus. It's not like going to be the most faceted beer to explore on a, you know, endlessly, but it's definitely good for drinking. Well, here's a here's something that bugs me. Okay. Goose Island ends distribution of Honkers Ale. Hmm. I liked Honkers a lot. It was like a mm-hmm. traditional ESB that you could get. Yeah. And it's not going to be available no, outside no. of Chicago. Huh. That was the flagship beer of Goose Island. Yep. That's, man. Times have changed, man. It's good like Goose IPA now. Mm. Greg's having a moment of silence for Honker's Hill. I'm never going to have that again unless I go to Chicago. That sucks. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to this beer. It's it's a decent beer. It's got some nice, mm-hmm. um, nice you know, approaching tropical highlights. Um, part of me would like there to be you know more oats and stuff in there and give it a real New yeah. England style. I think mm-hmm. that might like because I think that one thing that's here is that there's a there's more of a bitter kick to it. Yeah. Uh, than I'm traditionally I'm used to getting like with New England style. So. Mm-hmm. And when I taste these flavors, I think that they're better without the bitterness. Yes. I am with you. For sure. Well. Well. I normally don't like doing two hoppy things close to in a row, but the flight's kind of weird tonight. Mm-hmm. I think we have to do this against the grain. Okay. So this is from Against the Grain Brewery in... Louisville, Kentucky, 6.5% alcohol by volume, 65 IBU. This is Pile of Face, an American Pale Ale. Oh, look at the American India Pale Ale. So oh, American India Pale Ale, yes. Yep. So what's the first thing you need to do when you start a brewery? Develop your logo, of course. Okay. So here's 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 what they say at the end of, of this. It's the straightforward fucking IPA that you always wanted from us, you lucky bastard. Okay. Um let's see. 
trying to, to figure out the date on the bottom. So I'm noticing it might be from September. Noticing more of a orange, slightly sulfury note here. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna guess like Citra and um, Amarillo and Simcoe. When I smell this, I smell kind of an oxidized type thing. It's in a can, which makes that pretty unusual. Mm -hmm. But to me, when I first smelled it, it smelled like an old beer that was oxidized. I looked at the date coating on the bottom, I think it was canned in September. 050319. So I think that's saying it should, it'll be good Best by. Buy. Oh, okay. Best buy, so. so. I thought it said 0903. But. What, so there's, what's interesting here is I'm getting some, um, some of a malt backbone mm -hmm. here, too. Yeah. Just in the aroma, I'm getting some. Something that smells like uh, more than just like a Pilsner malt, like maybe a caramel malt is there. More than just pill malt, right? Yeah. There's um, you know, something yeah, biscuity yeah. coming through. And the hop aroma is just light in there. You know, like it seems, without going to the flavor yet, it seems good. It might be hop faded. But if it's good through till May, it should be okay still. Hmm. This definitely has the malt backbone there. Um, got some, you know, nice sweetness. Mm -hmm. Hops do feel a little faded because they're not really punchy. They do. Well, I'm tasting it, I'm less convinced that they're faded. They might be, but there's with the malt and the biscuit and kind of the lighter hops and the bitterness that. There's like a bit of an ESB pedigree on this beer. A bit, but that's why I sort of think that... Yeah. This this is, you know, you're, gonna, you're calling it a pile of face IPA. It mm -hmm. feels like, I mean, just... Yeah, it should just be There's a connotation and... that there's going to be more hop bursting yeah. here. But there's a lot of good malt here, which mm -hmm. is nice. And I, I really appreciate that in, in, a, in an IPA. Yeah. Yeah, to me, this kind of feels like an ESB, and it's it's enjoyable mm -hmm. when you're thinking about it in that aspect. Oh, particularly, it's a hoppy ESB. Let's let's be yeah, fair. Sure, um, but yeah, the the malt there is nice. It may even have Maris Otter. I mean, that's uh... yeah, it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? It's a pretty full malt with with, with some complexity to it. Yeah, and the um, hops are kind of just orangey, I guess. You know, it's kind of the main thing I'm getting. They're not too pithy, not nearly as pithy as the Odell's were. They're a little more juicy mm -hmm. in the hops, but they're light, so it doesn't really seem like a, a juicy, hoppy beer on its own. But <clears throat> Got a little bit of a cardboardy thing there at the end. So I'm with yeah, you. So I guess there is a little bit, yeah. Remember when we were talking to Greg McGill, and he was talking about the, he said something 
I'm going to paraphrase him because I can't remember the quote, but I guess dissolved oxygen in canning lines is kind of like the industry's dirty secret. Mm. And uh, so even though they tout that there's, you know, better containers and, and you can't get oxygen infiltration into a can, you start out with more. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I never really <laughs> did, you know, follow up on that. But when you taste something like this, it brings it back to mind. Yeah. Like, you're like, hmm, I should look into that more. Would be interesting to try this super fresh mm-hmm. and see either you know how hoppy it is or if that um, slight cardboardy thing they were tasting goes away. Yeah. All right, let's move on to something old. We got a couple old beers here. A JD sent us a care package after his recent visit on the show, and one of those was an old bottle of Blithering Idiot from Weyerbacher. Well. Okay, so this is actually from we 2010. Yeah. So this is a this is a nine year old beer. Mm-hmm. Blue idiot is um, well, it's a barley wine, eleven point one percent alcohol by volume, thirty four IBU. Hops are Northern Brewer, Pearl, and Hiller Tower. Uh, I always wonder if it's Pearl or Perlay. 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 And so there you go. Um, All right. Beer poured with almost no head. I got a couple bottle bubbles on the side. Uh-oh. There's a lot of uh, alcohol coming off of that. Maybe oh, it smells like a rum. Yeah, moving on to the aroma. I was getting some... I think I think it's pretty heavy oxidation. It almost smelled a bit like soy sauce on my first sniff. Really? Sniff. I'm curious to just if it's uh yours doesn't here smell mine mine yeah. smells more like a box of wet cardboard yeah that's yeah, interesting because <clears throat> that's another thing it smells like you're you know holding a soggy box yeah and mine smells more like I guess a soggy box that's been really soaked in rum <laughs> there you go Color is a kind of copperish. That is oxidized. Tastes like a soggy box. Doesn't it? Well, this is Sometimes beers don't last super long. Um, they only claim this one last five years. One. I think this is a little a little better, probably. I haven't tasted yours, but it's not great. No, it is so stale. Yeah, it's just really... <sighs> I can't think of having a beer this oxidized. Mm-mm. It's not worth uh, the sobriety, of course. No, not at all. Yes, be more noisy pulling out the dump bucket. It's a bucket. Here, help. It's a bucket. What do you want? Thanks, JD, for the experiment, but that one was not paying out. <laughs> uh, should we go to the other the old other beer? Really old beer, yeah. Yeah. So this one is not as old, although it's not young either. So this is Brooklyn Black Chocolate Stout that Jeff grabbed from the cellar from 2013. 
So, you know, only six years. Yeah, let's hope it's still in a good state. It looks good on the pour. Pitch black, dark tan head. This is, of course, Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, Two-row caramel malt, malted wheat, a blend of American roasted malts, hot with lament and fuggle, 10% alcohol by volume. We're drinking this one at cellar temperature. Yeah. I'm waiting for some of the aroma to come out here. I rinse my yeah. I rinse my glass. This yeah. one has a this one has a staling thing too, but this one's more like old cigarettes. <laughs> Do you smell that? Yes, like I, stale yes. cigarettes. Yes, but I'm wondering how much of that is is the. But we rinse the glass. We didn't really okay. do a huge, great job of rinsing it. I don't like the smell of no. stale cigarettes. That is not a smell I find comforting at all. Now, perhaps your superpower needs some updating. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> we'll have to go through the cellar and start drinking stuff at rapid haste. The flavor doesn't really taste like cigarettes, but... Doesn't taste it's great still, either. still pretty oxidized, yeah. Ooh. Oh, Greg's making faces. There's another bad one. Um... I don't know if soy sauce goes bad, but it sort of tastes like soy sauce going bad. Um, I can't drink it because of the stale cigarette flavor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Should I go grab something else out of the cellar that we could dump? Yeah, <laughs> why not? Let's, I mean, let's just do a whole show of dumping stuff and see see if we find anything. <laughs> Jeff is now going back into his big cellar. I mean, relatively big. There's there's a good amount of stuff in there. There's shelves worth of stuff. But the question is, now that we've started to see some of these aren't working out too much, is there a limit to how much we can actually age stuff? I'm curious what he pulls out. All right, so I grabbed a few so I don't have to make a run every single time. Right. If there's more dumpers here. We have another black chocolate stout from 1213. 12 and 13. Okay. Yeah, well, let's give it a shot. So this one's a year earlier. See if that somehow survived better. Maybe give a good rinse. Get those stale cigarettes out of your glass. Yeah. All right. Okay, the next one. Not encouraging. Maybe a little. Eh, I don't it's know. Not as bad, but there's some there's some staling, some yeah. soy sauce type staling, staling in there. That's drinkable. Yes, that is drinkable. All right, so back on to the let's back up to the aroma a little bit. Okay. You know, we kind of jumped past it because we wanted to give it a taste test to make sure it wasn't horribly flawed. <clears throat> So this is the 2012-2013 winter release of Black Chocolate Stout. Well, it's, um... I mean, if I were, you know, like, if I were to have this today, I would say that's just not a very good stout. 
Yeah. You know, I think we've had that opinion previously, too. It just doesn't seem to stack up to, to modern mm-hmm. Russian Imperial Stouts. It's a little more bitter than I'd like. Uh, the sweetness doesn't really come through. The, the There's still a big tobacco component in this one. Like, if I were... I mean, I want there to be so much more, like, creaminess. And I want there to be, like, the kind of malt that was in the pile of face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, something there that's, that, like... Uh, you previously just described it as a warm hug. Like, something that, yeah. that just um, feels like it's... It really is kind of, you know, chocolatey and warm and inviting. Yeah. And this is uh, very standoffish. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. bitter. All right, want to try something else? Yeah, I do. All right. We have two barley ones here. They're both... Uh, both male ginger. Where's this one from? This one's a Gary Frank beer. And this is John Barleycorn from... Yeah, Mad River. They just changed the label. Okay, so this one is the old one. This is a 2006... John Barleycorn. Wow, okay. Wow. 2006. 13-year-old beer. The show was in its infancy when this beer was made. So, if any beers are made to be aged, it's barley wines. Right. This pour is very thin. This guy is in a twist-off cap, which is... Not ideal for long-term staging, cellaring of beers. So I don't particularly smell off. It, it, it poured with, like, no head. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the cap was not sealed very well. Hmm. It holds up. It the, ox- holds- the staling isn't bad, like the last couple mm-hmm. of years. The, so the the aroma smells a little bit stale, a little bit cardboardy, um, but not. Oh, there's it's the, the aftertaste of this beer is like a mouthful of shredded cardboard. But before you get to that part, you get this really nice kind of malt liqueur type flavor where it's like smooth and. Syrupy and malty and a little and boozy as well. Yeah, this isn't bad. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't a twist off, maybe it'd be a slightly better condition. Mm-hmm. This does have some kind of like malt syrup, you know, like mm-hmm. obviously it's similar in structure, but it reminds me of you know, like a malted milkshake a little bit. Because of how like, it has has a, has a pretty nice smooth mouthfeel to it for being a you know high alcohol barley wine, uh, and there is still a a tinge of carbonation there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's had, it's not completely gone. Uh, let's see our beers. You are a beer page. Let's go to it's Mad River, right? Yep. I don't know if they make this anymore. We have a much newer one here. That's the other beer I grabbed out of the fridge. This is what, year 2016, so I actually have one that's 10 years newer right beside it here. 
And it's in a pry-off cap. <laughs> well, good for them. But you don't see John Barleycorn on there? I don't. On their site, they don't have uh, John Barleycorn. That's weird. Oh. The more you drink it, the more stale this beer appears. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, it would be suitable if you just cracked it yeah. open and just had some. I don't think it would be t- it would be yeah. terrible. Yeah, you only notice it, like, after the beer's gone yeah. and the palate dries out. So just keep taking sips and you won't notice it mm-hmm. until the last one. I know to get really drunk with this. <laughs> 11.4%. So, not really worth my sobriety, but... Right. Do you want, I'm, I'm thinking we move on to yeah. the regularly, regularly scheduled portion of the show. I now. agree. I agree. I think that was an interesting experiment. Uh, I think what we'll just have to start doing is start drinking up the cellar. Yeah. And we'll, it'll be very sad on how many beers I let spoil, I think, is what we're going to find. Well, I mean, it, it was a test. Yeah. And then at a certain point, you forget about the stuff back there because you're cellaring it, and things quietly expire. So we yes. have a title. Things quietly expire. Things quietly expire. All right. So last weekend, I had to go do father-in-law tech support. This is it's kind of a post-show story, but. Chrome, he has a Chromebook, so I, so you know, low supportability form type thing, right? Stuff just works. Chrome did an upgrade. They changed their UI and the user picker. They changed their user picker just a little bit, and the grandparents lost on how to. They couldn't mm-hmm. figure out how to change users anymore. So we had to go out there and I had to like show them, click here, click here. But, you still pick on your little face, right? I mean, or, or your little icon. Yeah, but it's it's not really intuitive on the new in, in a Chromebook where the user picker is. It's not nearly mm-hmm. as intuitive as it used to be. You um, can pick your user. You can pick your nose. Yeah, you just can't pick your user's nose. That's right. Uh, but Strange Roots is on the way. So we stopped, and I got a couple growlers filled, and I got a bottle of this. Thief Share. Thief Share. Thief Share. Now, a thief is a device that we, you put into a... A barrel or something while it's aging, you can mm-hmm. pull it out and taste. Yeah, it's kind of like a big eyedropper mm-hmm. for sampling from barrels. Typically, when you say something share, right, you're typically talking about the angel share. The angel share. share, right. You're talking about what is evaporated from a barrel, in a barrel-aged spirit or beer. Mostly spirits, though. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not sure exactly what thief share means. It's not like... They took all their samples that they were thieving and then packaged that like yeah. after they tasted it, you know. So that doesn't make it doesn't necessarily make sense. Is there so, there's some there's some words and stuff on here, but nothing about. All right. So this is something along the lines of a Flanders, right? Yeah. So uh, they have an old stock brown ale that's aged three to four years, hand selected for its soft acidity, uh, and was blended with a young stock red ale aged one to two years. With bright acidity, uh, and they try to create an integration of style that is sort of like what they call barrel age Flanders style. Okay. The um, had two other beers from these guys. Had a sour stout that was really really good. Heather Heather liked it. 
Her father liked it, and her Max st- liked it. St- <laughs> everyone, we all got <laughs> fucking drunk on sour stout. The whole family. No, um, and then I, I guess because we didn't do a show on Sunday, I, I had to kill the other growler myself. It was like a um, a breaded saison that was really good. So, uh, it seems like Strange Roots is doing some interesting things. There's brewery formerly known as Drylog. And we'll give this one a try. The Thief Share. I mean, it's sort of a malty sourness in the aroma. Yeah, you're getting kind of sweet tart type tartness there. There's... There's berries. Like, there's that blueberry thing in there. Like, I mean, if you're comparing this to something like a Rodenbach or your regular Flanders, what I'm noticing here is the aroma has kind of, um, like a berry, a berry blend type aroma to it, like blueberries or raspberries or something like that. Something else is sort of like a, maybe, maybe it's rhubarb or something. There's, okay. it's kind of a piquant kind of mm-hmm. thing there. It's a nice dynamic to the beer mm-hmm. that is kind of, you know, differentiating from other beers of a similar style. Hmm. Hmm. It like almost compared a little bit to coffee. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Interesting. Kind of like the cherry, like the dark fruits you mm-hmm. would get from a coffee. I get that a little bit in there. It seems like I'm getting like a note of of yogurt or something, you know, from a lot, maybe a little lactic, you know, lactobacillus mm-hmm. or something in there. There's a bit of something just, just reminiscent of your, your morning yogurt. Oh, did the flavor... It doesn't hold back on the sour. It's not like sour patch kid sour, but it's not mm-hmm. small sour either. Yeah, it has a good development of the sour. Those berries that I was smelling, they kind of play the first, like, sweeter part on the on the flavor. And I kind of like that. They go away, and you're kind of left with more of those red ale-type, um, caramelly, multi-type flavors playing along with the, the sour. Greg is digging deep. He's twisting his head. He's moving around. He's aerating over his tongue. His eyes are closed the entire time. What, Greg? What hath your palate found? Um, raspberry yogurt. <laughs> there seems to be like an oaky thing right up front, too. Mm-hmm. You get kind of a... Kind yeah, of more, more punchy, more, more kind of like, like an oaky, slight vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, with a with with a with a kick there of of sourness, uh, particularly up front. A little bit of a balsamic thing going okay. on. I really am digging the first few seconds of the sip. Right, that sourness is a big punch. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the balsamic part where there's there's some mm-hmm. there's some real like uh, qualities of, of a real good balsamic coming in okay. there. Then you get the. Um, berry fruits coming through then it gets a little more 
a little more rustic, right? You're digging into the malts, you're getting kind of some... That's what I'm looking for. There's a little pineness. Like a pie filling. There's a lot here to explore, mm-hmm. which is nice. There's a yeah. lot of um, of different stuff happening, and I'm just sort of swirling around and sort of exposing it to air mm-hmm. and just letting myself just sort of yeah, this one's, explore. This one's pretty good. Um, feels well-rounded, well-developed. Doesn't feel like it's like missing anything. You know, Well-blended, because this is a yeah. blend, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hitting a lot of the major notes that you expect in a Flanders-style beer. Plus, it, I like the berry notes that it's pulling on top of that. Think wild strawberries. I think that's the clo- that, that's oh, the best one because okay. they're they're sharp and sour, but um, but they sort of have more of a strawberry thing going on. So what we have three beers we can actually rank? Is that more or less right? I mean, did I feel comfortable ranking? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the other ones were not worth ranking. Okay. So for me, I'm going to put the pile of face in third place. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to taste it fresh. I'd like to see what it is when it's hopped forward. But that had a really neat kind of some similar to ESB type flavor. It was still a pretty good beer, even in its current state. Um, does it compete with other pounder cans of IPA on the market today? Not so well, right? Um, but for being kind of like an ESB, that was good. I'm going to put the Odell in second place, the drum roll APA. I like that. Uh, I like how it was pulling some good tropical flavors, but in an APA type format, you know, not as, not as big as the IPA, not as good as some of the really good. He's the IPAs, even mm-hmm. though. So, I mean, that's kind of a, a trade there. And then I'm going to put the Thief Share from Strange Roots in first place. It's it's a very well done Flanders. It's explorable. It's full. There's no pits or gullies or holes in its profile. I think it hits all the notes pretty well. And it pulls that really neat berry thing on top of it. And... Um, well, it's like non-traditional for the style. I think it makes for a good yeah. beer. I want to see more of that. Mm-hmm. More of that stuff coming from Tree and Roots. Um, slight difference in um, in rankings. I'm sure you can guess what they are. Uh, I'm going to put the Odell in um, third place just because I had all that before. And like mm-hmm. I said, when, when I get those hops, I want them to be non as bitter. And while the, the pile of face had some things that were like not amazing about it there was that malt that i thought was really good and that was really yeah the malt was really good there but yeah strange roots uh wins the day pretty easily Mm -hmm. uh by being something significant with a lot of cool flavors to delve into and of course the rest well don't age beers for too long like i do (laughs) it used to be really cool that i could save beers and break them out but i guess after a decade you know you gotta it's kind of I, th- I think the, another problem though is that your your cellar 
is not a perfect seller. No. Right? It's, no. It's yeah, it's warmer than Yeah. I mean, a perfect seller would be in the fifties, right? Mine's in the sixties you know, mid to high sixties year round. So. Yeah. So it could be that if these were kept under the best possible conditions, they might have been might have aged a little bit better. But based on the way they taste, not probably not hugely better. Yeah. I think what we're gonna do is we're just gonna escalate the the amount of frequency that we retrieve mm-hmm. here from the cellar and just start drinking through some of the older ones. Refill the cellar with new stuff. We could do that. So that by the time we get to show number seven hundred thirty two, there'll be some more stale beers from yeah. <laughs> from twenty nineteen. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Really do appreciate it. If you want to email us beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you want to support us, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. We spared you from the baby elephants this time, mm-hmm. so that means you should go shopping. I bet you could buy the single on Amazon Music. I'm sure you could. But why not just get, like, the Amazon or, or the Google or the Apple or the Spotify or whatever their music thing is, and you'll get this included. Because the bird's the word, man. Yeah, I know. Seven. <laughs>